Hey, this is Matty <laughs> Truval from the Houston Sabercats, and you're watching Rugby Wrap Up. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap Up, Brian Ray and Matt McCarthy with all things Major League Rugby. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by the Balanced Palette, nutrition for peak performance, and the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at our satellite studio, the world's greatest rugby pub, the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street here in Midtown Manhattan. And on the horn with us once again from Halifax, Nova Scotia, is Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Brian, welcome back. Great to be back, Matt. Uh, happy to say Halifax is now the center of the rugby universe. It's been a, a crazy few days, and uh, but yeah, always make time for the Rugby Wrap-Up. Brian, every time I talk to you, Nova Scotia either has rugby or they don't have rugby. Is this going to be another Canadian South Park episode? I wish it was. It would be a whole lot uh, more entertaining. <laughs> one minute it's on, one minute it's off. I actually referee high school. Well, I referee all levels of, uh, of rugby around here. And uh, so it's, it would be nice to know if we, <laughs> I got to go in and do games or not. Um, apparently it's a go, so we'll see what happens. But it's certainly a, a, been a, a trying few days and a bit of a ridiculous situation. All right, well, I fully credit you for having it reinstated because your tweets about the problem were retweeted by a whole bunch of people, including us at Rugby Wrap-Up, and then there were people retweeting their outrage along with it. So kudos to you. Well, I'm, I'm just a man of the people, really, just spreading the news. Uh, you know, if I had any role whatsoever in, in, in helping, great. But uh, I certainly don't take any credit. But uh, here we are, you know. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes, and hopefully they... Uh, Sanity will prevail and, and we will move forward. Good stuff. Let's let's talk rugby in both our respective countries though. Let's talk major league rugby. Big weekend in the books, another one looming, playoff ramifications of, of plenty. And you had the first match that we're gonna look at was Nola versus Austin in New Orleans, but it was Austin's home game. It was originally supposed to be played in, in, in Houston. Um, and it was a deal made because uh, the international that was scheduled for Houston because their field wasn't ready got sent to Austin. So Austin said, okay, we'll trade you uh, a major league rugby game. Well, of course, Houston's field still wasn't ready. So they couldn't do it then. They couldn't book a field in Austin. So they ended up giving it back to NOLA. So both, uh, both of those Austin NOLA games were effectively home games for NOLA. Uh, no surprise, really, in this one. Nola gets the win. Twenty uh, was twenty-six to fourteen was the score. Uh, you know, Nola scored within like one minute. Eric Howard, the captain, ran through for a try, uh, and then there it was twelve-seven at the half. Uh, a pretty amazing individual score from Dom Bailey just before the half kind of got Austin back into it. Two quick tries early second half, and that was all she wrote. Pretty quiet from from then on. Two things I take away from that match. First off. Right out of the gate, you named your fellow Canadian, Eric Howard, of the NOLA Gold. And second, you mentioned Dom Bailey, who we love. Uh, and two things about Dom Bailey. Number one, it looked like he was in like a video game cluster before he actually got like an energy boost and then burst past everybody. That was an incredible try. And the second thing we like about him is that we can mention the Davenport, Chicago Lions, and Kansas City rugby entities because he played with and is from there respectively. We love social media followings. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, Dom's kind of been in and out of the uh, the starting side this year. Really dynamic flank. We've seen him with Davenport before and with the Chicago Lions just before he joined up with Austin. You know, he just took a, a short pass, a little offload from uh, from Silva, the, the their fly half, and, you know, kind of fended off one and then just stepped on the accelerator. He was gone from 60 meters, you know, swerved around J.P. Eloff. We just we haven't really seen any of that this year. So that was a, that was a pretty impressive finish from him. Uh, you know, gave him a little boost, but, you know, those individual efforts just, just weren't enough for, for Austin as a team. They're just not on the level of Nola as far as cohesion goes. And your other fellow Canadian, Kyle Bailey, went out early with an ankle injury, unfortunately. We'll keep an eye on that. But his replacement, Billy Stewart, did score a try. And he did so in an attempt at, like, Chris Ashton meets Dylan Takedo Simpson with the dive. But it was not quite there. He needs a little bit of work. Yeah, Bailey went off, uh, Kyle Bailey, that is, went off with an ankle injury early, about 10, 11 minutes, and uh, doesn't look too serious, so hopefully he'll be back soon. But uh, Billy Stewart, he's, he's a local guy down in New Orleans, big, uh, big second row. He's put on a lot of weight this year, really. Uh, he's turned some heads. He's, he's put in some good shifts, scored a nice try, just, again, just broke a tackle, ran away from about the 22. Uh, yeah, his best Ash Splash impression. Uh, I, I won't give him too many style points for that one, but thought he had a good a good game out there well done for for the young fella yes kudos to mr stewart and nola nate osborne and co for giving the local product a chance and the local product taking it full advantage of it but we can segue with the dive thing into the match in rugby town usa between the utah warriors and the glendale raptors because dts dylan takedo simpson actually scored one of those kinds of tries along with everybody else in the building i think including Barry Herbert and Angus Peacock of Rugby Colorado and Linda Cassidy and Mayor Mike. I think they all crossed the whitewash in this one. Yeah, I think last week, you know, most of us picked Glendale to win, but I think we all thought it would be a little bit closer than it was. Uh, and in 10 nothing Utah uh, a few minutes into the game, so they certainly had something going for them, and then it just completely fell apart. Uh, I don't know, maybe Glendale just woke up or something but that was the best game we've seen uh, the Raptors play in a little while 31 to 10 by the break uh, you know Taikato Simpson definitely uh, running rampant out there but really it was the midfield Robbie Petzer set a new major league rugby record with 34 points three tries uh, eight from nine kicking I think from the uh, nine from ten sorry kicking from the tee he missed the last one with like two minutes to go for the game Otherwise, almost inch perfect. Chad London, two tries. The two of them in the midfield, just uh, really impressive and a great performance from Glendale and what they needed to keep them in the playoff hunt. Yeah, the good citizens of Glendale, Colorado, Rugby Town, USA have a lot to be excited about. Their team is getting healthy. They're getting their depth back. They seem to be peaking at the right time. You've got Petzer with the 34 points. He's got Chad London with him. He's got Ryberg and Wheeler. You got DTS giving defenses fits making them go batty at fullback. Luke White, the pack, they are in good form right now. Yeah, you know, looking at their troubles earlier this year, a lot of it came from the set piece. Uh, the scrum was a little bit better in this one, but they lost uh, Marco Fepoleai, their, uh, their Kiwi tighthead, about three minutes into the game. Kalepi Fifita stepped in. He did all right. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're working on the scrum. They know that's an area, but the rest of the game looked sharp for once. Uh, Sean Davies did really well. Uh, you know, they started to add to Malifa again and fly half. Uh, Will McGee came on early in the second half, but it didn't matter. They were just uh, firing in all cylinders. Ryberg's unstoppable. Mika Kruse on the bench. I mean, there's an ultra-talented kid. Um, you know, to have that kind of impact coming in off the bench is, is pretty useful. So 
certainly, I mean, these are the finalists after all. They shouldn't be taken lightly. Uh, you know, they're looking pretty good at the, at the right time of the season. It's just, can they get in the playoffs is the question. I think they're answering that question on the pitch right now. But what's even more impressive is that the Warriors actually went up 10-zip before the Raptors rattled off 31 unanswered points before halftime. Just unbelievable. And I got to give a shout-out, as much as it pains me, to Dallin Stanford for his Hans Solo call on DTS's one-handed snatch of the ball, facilitating the try. Great play, good call, Dallin. DTS, that is ridiculous! And they'll streak through! Hans Solo! Yeah, that was a spectacular effort. I mean, we've seen DTS doing freakish stuff like that all seasons. He's really been a, a thrilling guy to watch. Uh, you know, that, that pickup, just one-handed right off his bootlaces, uh, finishes it, the, the simple two-on-one to Davies for the score. Sensational team. That was right off the kickoff for the second half. So, I mean, that was just right back to business for Glendale. And, yeah, you do have to give Utah a little bit of credit, uh, not just for starting the game well, but they, they stuck in the game. I mean, they were getting thrashed, but they never gave up. Uh, you know, Gannon Moore got a nice breakaway try at one point. Matt Jensen, late in the game, scored. So they didn't completely wave the white flag. They were just outmashed and outgunned by a, a really impressive Raptors unit. Hey, these players are playing for their, their jobs. They're, they're not club players. They're not college players. They're playing for their livelihood. And they're playing hard for the most part all 80 minutes or whenever they're in. And speaking of playing hard, your Toronto Arrows, who don't have the most favorable of schedules right now, are at least at home. And although they didn't go 8-0, as many of you predicted once they were home, they'd go 8-0. You, sir, have gone 8-0 in the last two weeks. So maybe if the Arrows emulate Brian Ray's perfection in the remainder of the season, they'll go into the postseason. Yeah, well, I was, you know, bragging with uh, Tony Riddell online earlier this year that I thought they would go about 7-1 and one at home. So, so far, so good. I'm going to stick to the arrows from here on out. Uh, you know, this was the game of the week. I think we all knew this was going to be the big one to watch. Uh, it delivered. Uh, it was intense the whole time. Big hits, uh, you know. I think last week maybe I jumped the gun saying we were looking at playoff rugby. In that, I just meant the pressure was on. But this one was a really uh, a good match, really hard. Um, you know, San Diego's discipline really let them down. Three yellow cards, gave up a lot of silly penalties. They'll be, uh, they'll be hurting themselves, uh, beating themselves up over that this week. Uh, you know, in a late try, I mean, it was back and forth. Uh, uh, Toronto scores to get back in the game. San Diego, uh, Toronto makes a huge mistake. They kicked the ball straight down the pipe to, to Mike Teo. They countered and they eventually scored off that. But then Toronto, you know, they. They didn't give up. They came right back, got right back. They got the last-minute try from Stephen Ng, and then they just killed the clock in the last few seconds. So huge, huge win for Toronto. Yeah, and I picked San Diego, and, and that's a blemish on my record. But I picked San Diego for the record because I thought Lou Stanfield was going to be in the mix. He wasn't. He's a big component of that team. Three yellow cards. Took a lot for them to lose that match, but kudos to Toronto. I was on my way to the Rooney match and on the subway and trying to follow that match, but it kept cutting out on ESPN+. Plus. So I was watching your tweets and living through you having a heart attack through tweets. And every time I got to a subway stop, I had to recharge and find out what was going on. So I'm having a heart attack because you're having a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, normally I'm pretty active on there, uh, tweeting out kind of as the game goes on. But I was too engrossed in this one. You know, I had a lot riding on this <laughs> playoffs, but also my reputation, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, it was a tense match, really nervous ending. And, I mean, you could feel the intensity with every play. Good crowd. Uh, the original report that came out was about just over 2,200. But we've talked to them. They actually forgot to count 
all the people in the VIP tents and the beer tents. So it was closer to 3,000 in attendance. So a good show for them. But I, I think you're right. San Diego did miss Lou Stanfield out there. He's such a, a physical force out there. They've got Vera Malua, the Fijian, a converted winger. I mean, he's really athletic, but that you know, when you get in those trenches, that's where you need a big guy like Sweet Lou to, to hand out the big shoulders. And he just wasn't there. They did miss his physicality out there. All right. Before we break, let's get to that other match, the last match. Sunday, 5 p.m., Rugby United New York in Coney Island, hosting the Houston Sabercats, who are coming off a tough week. Miserable day in New York City. It was Cinco de Mayo. It may have been Cinco de Decembre because it was freezing cold. It, I thought it was Halifax, right, you, which you're used to in late November. Yet despite it being a miserable day in New York City, a spirited gaggle of good-natured fans showed up, cheered on the team, and Rooney did what they needed to do. Houston showed up in yellow uniforms, which were pretty awful, but they came to play. And the Houston Sabercats are a tough team. They just didn't score any points. But the locals didn't disappoint. They're getting healthy. They should be in good shape for the playoffs. I did catch up with the Sabercats' new head coach, Paul the Cactus Emmerich of USA Rugby Lore, and the butcher, Dylan Fawcett of Rugby United New York. We don't have time for that in this segment, so it'll stand alone. And it is the actual first interview post-match that Paul Emmerich has done as a head coach for the Sabercats. Yeah, Houston just has too much talent on that team to be doing, you know, for the record that they've got. Um, Paul Emmerich's an experienced guy. Obviously, he's played at the Eagles. He's been around. So, you know, are they going to keep him on long term? Maybe it's a thing where they keep him as kind of a head coach and they, they bring in a more experienced director of rugby kind of to oversee everything. We see that a lot in Europe. But certainly, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for Houston fans. You know, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but they've got a fantastic new facility that will be, you know, all guns blazing by next year. They'll probably have some new bodies in there as well. Um, so it's, there's still stuff to look forward to. I wouldn't be too upset, you know, beyond where they are already. All right. And on that note, let's take a quick break, but we'll be back with more Major League Rugby talk, including predictions and some more opinion with Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News right after this been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon it has a taste on the flavor what do you think's on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. Hey, 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 I'm Matt Truvel, and this is Rugby Wrap-Up. And we are back, Matt McCarthy and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News talking Major League Rugby. Brian, let's get to the Toronto Arrows doing that old three matches in one week. That's right. It's the trifecta this week. We've got Sunday San Diego, Thursday Austin, Sunday again against Utah. So a big week for the Arrows. Pretty trying. It's going to test their, their depth for sure. Um, but, I mean, you'd have to think Austin haven't won a game yet this year, so no reason to pick against Toronto, right? And, hey, that's the Toronto Arrows. That's kind of who I've been going with, so I'm going to be backing them, even with a, a bit of a reserve side. I'd expect probably 10 to 12 changes from their team uh, uh, from the San Diego game. 
that's just crazy. It's, it's a big ask of these players. They might need bodies. Are you bringing your cleats? <laughs> well, it's been a little while, but uh, I could dust off the boots. I like to think I wouldn't embarrass myself out there for about two minutes anyways. <laughs> Embarrassing ourselves is part of the job description if you want to be a rugby pundit. It's, it's an important component and a necessary component in this space. I guess it does kind of come to, comes with the territory. You got to live and learn every day, but uh, you know, I, I try to keep my, my head out of the weeds too much. Look, look, we're not going down that rabbit hole of Canadian weed or weeds. We're not going to do it. We're going to stick to the script. We're going to stay with the predictions. And for me, it's going to be a continued agony for the Austin Elite fans. Their team is going to stay on that season-long schneid with no wins. This one doesn't get any easier. I think the Arrows are going to take this one going away. Yeah, I expect they'll do that. Uh, just to note, that's, this game is going to go back to York, that dodgy pitch up at uh, York University, just because of the, the reschedule. Remember, this one was rescheduled. It was originally spent, meant we played a, a few weeks ago, uh, and Austin got stranded somewhere because of horrible weather in Texas, so they had to move it, but they couldn't get it at the new stadium, uh, Lamport, so it's going back to York, and then Sunday back to Lamport. So a little bit odd, but uh, what can you do? I'm, I'm still picking the arrows comfortably in this one. But Toronto fans have to be livid about this scheduling kerfuffle. Yeah, hey, the Great White North, we take this in stride, you know, do it with a smile on our face and say thank you, whatever happens. So, yeah, I'm sure the Aerials will be up for this one. No, no problems. All right, let's get to the three matches on Saturday. First up, New Orleans hosting San Diego. A biggie. Yeah, really looking forward to that one. Uh, just starting a huge match on Saturday, NOLA San Diego. Uh, you know, what do you say? NOLA, I didn't think we're firing in all their cylinders this past weekend, but I think they'll be up for the big game. Maybe Austin didn't quite test them enough, but uh, this is going to be a good one. I'm leaning towards NOLA just because of that home field advantage, but this is a, this is a coin toss. For us experts in the pool, this is going to be a make or break one. I'm going to go with San Diego again, but NOLA has proven me wrong over and over again, and they've proven a lot of people wrong this year. They are the real deal. But I think San Diego is going to be extra angry uh, after letting an opportunity in Toronto slip away. They're not going to get three yellow cards again. They have Lou Stanfield coming back. He adds a big component to that team. I'm worried about Kyle Bailey's ankle. We're not sure how bad that injury is. So I'm going to go with San Diego, but I can definitely see NOLA winning that one. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't put anything past San Diego winning this. I mean, we saw in Toronto, all, all they need is a, you know, just a shadow of a chance. And you get guys like Tio and Matias running through gaps, and all of a sudden, it's, you know, the, the game can change on a dime. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a really close one. Um, I'm not 100% certain of my NOLA pick, but I'm going to stick to them for this week. Uh, fingers crossed. Hey, hey, picking the gold is not a bad pick. It's, you know, they're top of the table. They've, they're there for a reason. But let's get to the next one, Rooney hosting the defending champion, Seattle Seawolves. Yeah, you know, just to follow up, you got one. And this is this one's starting just an hour and a half uh, later. Uh, what a, a great match this is going to be. And here's the big one for Seattle. Samu Manoa is expected to dress up for this one. Uh, he didn't play that one match against Toronto, thankfully. Uh, but I don't think New York is going to be spared. I think the big man's going to take the field. Um, oh, boy. This is a tough one to pick. Again, you give home field advantage to New York, but that, that forward pack, Seattle just had a week off to recover. That forward pack is just menacing. So 
I'm going to lean towards Seattle. I know you're going to pick New York. I'm going to. I'm leaning towards the big man. I think Samu comes in and lays down uh, some thunderous hits out there and, and makes a, enough of a difference to give them a, a squeaky win. This is something that USA rugby fans want to keep their eyes on because this guy is a force of nature. And it, he's had time off. He's had time with family. He's had time to heal physically and mentally. If this guy gets back to anywhere near the form that he was at his prime, he is going to be a difference maker, not only for the Seawolves, but for the Eagles come the World Cup. So keep your eye on Samu. But with the travel, I'm banking on New York and New York's health. You've got Mr. 80 Minutes, James Rocheford, in the front row, all the matches across the season. And that's just an incredible stat. Kudos to you, James. Yeah. I'm. I'm Massively looking forward to this one. So two big games back-to-back on Saturday. Uh, really toss-up selections, leaning towards Seattle. But again, uh, every chance that, that, that uh, Rooney can roll up their sleeves and get this one done at home. Okay, we've got the Sabercats. Doesn't get any easier. Raptors have bigger claws than Sabercats. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, Houston, they're, uh, they're heading back home. Uh, to Aviva Stadium. Uh, hopefully the grass is settled enough that they can have a proper scrum in this one. Um, watching that Glendale performance against Utah, y- you have to lean towards the Raptors. They're, uh, you know, just that experience. It seems like they're coming on at the right time, the business end of the season. So I'm, I'm going with Glendale on this one. Uh, hopefully the, I haven't seen the, the weather reports or anything, but hopefully Houston can front up, make a game of this one. Um, you don't want, certainly don't want to see them shut out with the kind of firepower they have in that back line. So uh, I think they'll have a better show of this. They'll make it competitive, more competitive than the Utah match, I think. Uh, but I'm going to go with Glendale on the road over Houston. Sabercats have a good vibe. They're playing tough. No discredit to them, nor their new coach, Paul Emmerich. But the Raptors are just primed for the playoffs and peaking. So I, I think they're going to run them out of the building. Okay, final match. Deja vu all over again as your Toronto Arrows take the pitch again in one week, this time hosting the Utah Warriors. Yeah, and then back to, back to the wars again on Sunday for Toronto. Their third game in the span of eight days a week, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, I, I still got to pick them to win. I think they have the squad depth to get through those two games. It's a, it's a big ask, but they know they've, you know, they've known about this game. They'll be, they'll have this drawn out. They'll have a strategy as far as selection goes. They'll use their subs heavily in those games. So I, I think Utah will have a little bit uh, more bite to them after, than the game in Glendale. So it'll be a challenge. I think they might be in it with, you know, maybe 20 minutes to go. But I think uh, the Arrows will do enough and maybe pull away in the end to take that one for their third win of the week. I agree. It's going to be all arrows. And as Dan Moore calls Toronto, the T.O., not in reference to Terrell Owens, but into Toronto, T.O., um, it's going to be tough sledding for the Warriors, big win for the arrows, and a big week for the arrows. Three wins. We are out of time. So final thoughts, my friend. Said it before, say it again. The playoff run is so exciting to see these teams just neck and neck down the run. So huge weekend in Major League Rugby. Really looking forward to this one. Good stuff. And before we let everybody go, uh, look for Old Glory, the D.C. entry in Major League Rugby, kicking off their exhibition season May 19th, four matches in consecutive weeks. But on that note, we are out of time. So on behalf of Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, I'm Matt McCarthy at the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street in New York City for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off. <laughs>